coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts. And a happy Friday to you and yours. Heading into a weekend that looks like, you know, I mean, here in North Georgia, we may see a little bit of the run to the store for bread and milk weather. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to be that way, but nonetheless, it doesn't like I'm going to get any softball practice in this weekend, so that kind of sucks. Uh, it's also, like, in real estate lingo, today's one of those days that I always enjoy because it's closing day. And it's not just because I'm getting paid. Actually, I don't even get paid for, like, a couple of days. Come on, transaction people. Uh, but I will be eventually getting paid, and I love that. Who doesn't like getting paid? Who doesn't like a good payday, right? In real estate, though, I don't know if you know this, Real estate agents, realtors, we don't get paid until uh, a closing happens, until uh, a, a property that we're in the transaction for, whether for the buyer or the seller, until that transaction is completed and closes at the closing table, we don't get paid. Like we're not a first and 15th kind of kind of people. We are 1099 employees. So when we get paid, it's like, hallelujah, I can pay the light bill, can pay the mortgage or the rent for a few months ahead and, you know, <laughs> take care of the needs and whatnot. So it's it's kind of an enjoyable day. And I really enjoyed it uh, on this day in particular because I was helping a family that uh, I've grown to know over the last few years. Uh, I helped a lady move here to be nearer to her parents who are in their 90s so that she can kind of have a watchful eye on them. So I helped her buy a house uh, a couple summers ago. However, since that time, uh, it's, became, it's become more and more uh, obvious to all of the family that the couple in their 90s really needed someone watching them all the time. So they moved into assisted living. Fantastic place, by the way. If I'm going to go that way, I want to go there. They even got to take their cat. And you know how I am about my cats, right? So um, they're in assisted living. They're very happy. Cutest people you'll ever meet. Just the cutest couple. Oh, just hug them. Anyway, they're in assisted living. We listed their property and got it under contract and kind of went through the whole process. Their grandson was a power of attorney, out of son power of attorney, uh, out of town power of attorney. And that's a little complicated and you've got to have all these documents when you're power of attorney and not just your standard power of attorney uh, documents, but in real estate, you got to have one specific for that transaction now or not today, or no, I'm sorry, learned that over the last couple of weeks. So uh, we dealt with all that. Nonetheless, I, I, the point I'm coming to is, we were selling from a from a couple and selling to a couple. It's in a 55 plus uh, neighborhood in McDonough. I'm happy. I just I love seeing that uh, when uh, a home goes from uh, one family to another family. I say I like that because it's actually not a certainty anymore that that's how a home's getting sold. Imagine my surprise, by the way, when I'm driving down to the closing, which was in Locust Grove. And I'm listening to one Eric Erickson. Yeah, I listen to the opposition from time to time. <laughs> you better believe I do. Uh, I'm listening to Eric Erickson. And here, you know, Mr. Hands-Off, Mr. Libertarian, you know, no government overreach, yada, yada, yada. And yet he is talking about the need for some law to keep the institutional buyer, the corporate, what we call I-buyers, from snapping up a lot of homes and then renting them out and turning our country into a renter culture. Well, 
it, it, I nearly drove off the interstate, except, of course, it's I-75 South, and you really can't go all that fast anyway, so there's nowhere to go. Uh, anyway, I, I was just blown away because here I was listening to the avowed libertarian uh, talking on his radio network show that there needs to be some kind of legislation to keep that from happening. Yeah. No, he's absolutely right. Record it if you need to. Ron on the Ron Show is saying, Eric Erickson's absolutely right. We have to stop this or at least slow it in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Now, let me say this. A lot of subdivisions have homeowners associations. Uh, Newer build subdivisions come in with homeowners associations. And in a lot of cases, if the HOA hasn't already done that, some of the newer build communities are baking it into their bylaws that only a certain percentage of homes in a community can even be rented out. That's cool. That's necessary. I can't tell you over the course of the summer of 2020 and 2021 into 2022, where I was out looking for homes with buyers who just did not have the extra coin to compete with all cash buys from these institutional buyers, LLCs even, shadow companies, from folks who were just snapping up properties in subdivisions that either didn't have HOAs or had lax HOA policies about a percentage of renters, and the buyers I'm working with just didn't have the excess income or the ability to throw an all-cash offer down and win in a bidding war. And listen, the real estate market for a lot of the last couple of years had been bidding war heavy. We call it a seller's market. That's where the sellers in the catbird seat, they can sit back and get all these fantastic offers and hold off on any demands that the buyers want because they don't have to come off any of those demands. In fact, they can be demanding. And so for the average American couple, especially a first-time home buyer who may only have the 3% or 3.5% to put down on a down payment, don't have excess to pay a little over uh, appraised value, even though the appraisals were starting to catch up with the perceived value because of the demand, uh, a lot of those first-time home buyers weren't able to win bids. But the institutional buyers, the corporate buyers, the Black Rocks, the Blackstones, these these faceless, huge corporate, nameless entities were able to snap up a lot of these homes. And the 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 thinking is the game. Remember, interest rates were ridiculously low too, so they were just borrowing money for next to nothing for nearly free, just like a lot of you wanted to do with your mortgages, right? So the thinking is these companies are going to buy these homes, sit on them for three to five years, derive income from them by renting them out, and then turn around and sell them for a hefty profit. Especially here in Metro Atlanta, it's happening in Texas, it's happening in the Carolinas, it's happening in Florida, where home values uh, have been you know, growing and continue to grow in these destination markets. Atlanta's kind of a destination market. We expect to grow by like a million and a half by 2040. So there is the perception from these companies that that home is also going to increase in value while they're making a profit sitting on it right now and renting it out. The problem is they don't often turn around and sell three to five years to eventually a family that does want to buy it, an individual. They will sell to another LLC. It's, it's completely shady. It's, it's leaving the American family, the American dream off the table for the American family. And we've already dealt with decades of wrongs done to families of color, potential home buyers of color. Uh, we, they just had a, a piece in NBC News last night. This has been a repeating story for quite a while where 
African-American families who are homeowners try to sell their house, get it appraised, and because they've got their family pictures on the wall, it comes in at a low appraised value. There's already so many ways that African-American buyers and even home sellers have been screwed by the process in this country because of uh, finance and lending uh, bias, uh, redlining and blockbusting and uh, other forms of housing bias. And now we're in a situation where these faceless, nameless LLCs and corporate entities, these iBuyers, are snapping up all the inventory. And so where does this leave us? We cannot. The American dream of home ownership isn't just about owning the home you live in. It is, I've said this many times, it is the single most reliable way for a family to grow wealth and generational wealth on top of that. If you are someone who has grandparents who own their own home, or great-grandparents even, who maybe passed away and left that home to their grandkids or their kids, um, then that home, whether whether their, their, their descendants lived in it or not, has equity, it has value. And generally speaking, if it's paid off after all that amount of time, that value is just liquid cash that they're just sitting on waiting to sell, right? That is money that that next generation or future generations can use for down payments for other properties or to go to college with or to make other sorts of investments. They may have uh, kids or grandkids who purchase their own home with a little bit of a down payment that they may have gotten a gift from the grandparent or whatever, and then taken the money made from the sale of the grandparents or great-grandparents' place and put that into investment properties where they might be the faceless, nameless LLC that just buys a little income property, a house down the street that they'd like to rent out. I'm all about that. I'm all about that for the little guy. It's these massive corporate faceless entities, these Blackstones, these Blackrocks that are buying these homes up in mass. And Zillow kind of got caught uh, a year or two ago buying way too many of these properties Knowing that they needed repair, they were going to do just the, the minimal amount of repair, you know, some paint, some new carpet, some new laminate flooring or whatever, and then turn around and settle at a hefty profit. Zillow kind of got caught with their pants down and, and overextended themselves and had to sell off a bunch of properties. And we thought, great, now some of these first-time home buyers are going to get to buy some houses. Only Zillow's only one of them. And it's not like a quarter or 50 or 65, but it's a substantial amount of homes uh, throughout the country. And it was all throughout the country mostly in the Midwest, and then it's traveled down here to the Sun Belt. And I'm really thrilled to see that uh, we're getting a lot more attention on this problem. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution did a series, American Dream for Rent, uh, that I'm going to share with you in today's show notes that talks a lot about how not just Metro Atlanta, but Metro Atlanta in particular, has become sort of like a ground zero for these uh, incorporated corporate purchases, keeping families in rental scenarios. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, actually, with um, Senator, Senator Jason Estevez uh, about what can be done uh, at the state level. Of course, he's in the state you know, Senate, so what, what can be done at the state level? But also, maybe we need to look at, and the AJC dives into some of this, what can be done at the neighborhood level uh, with your city council, your county commission? What else can be done to ensure that American families American individuals who want to purchase their first home can do so without having to compete against the deeper-pocketed, presumably, institutional buyer or I-buyer. Because the American dream isn't to rent long-term from some company, 
named BlackRock, right? You eventually want to own your own home so that you can grow your own equity and maybe even leave a home to your kid or grandkid so that they have a place to live, never having to worry about where home is for them, or to at least have that home to pull some uh, home equity line of credit from if they want to go to college or or they want to uh, improve upon their own home or, or buy their own place or down payment or something like that. Something generational. That's how generational wealth happens in this country. And again, people of color are just still on the starting blocks while, they're, while the mostly white population of this country is already doing second and third laps, so to speak. Anyway, I'm going to share that piece in the AJC. I'm just kind of delighted. I was simply delighted to hear that the libertarian conservative, Eric Erickson, is kind of on the same page with me about this. Can we maybe get something done about this? We'll wait and see, won't we? More Ron Show on America One Radio after this. (laughs) 